you know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. BJ Armstrong, Mo Mootsy, and according to sources, the greatest podcast in the world. We're breaking down the NBA's trade deadline. BJ, what a day. What was your day like today? I imagine it was plenty of phone calls. Yeah, it was on the phone a lot. Um, as much, you know, there was a lot of things that got done today, right? I mean, this was a very, very active day. Big day for the executives, you know, it's kind of their, you know, I refer to it as their, here in America, you know, American football is the Super Bowl. So it's their one day that they have in the midseason to really get involved and improve your roster. So it was a big day. A lot, as much as was done, trust me, there was ten times more almost got done. So <laughs> that that almost got done, but there was a lot, and so, and 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 it started with the the Kyrie situation. So that was the, really the start. Yeah, of it yeah. All. And, and, and so, then, but we can go through it. So many players got traded today. I tweeted out that this podcast is going to end up being five hours long, and I yeah, just want to no, show some love. Yeah. <laughs> I want to show some love to all the people who replied saying. I would love a five-hour podcast from you guys. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Unfortunately, we're not going to get five hours done. Instead, right. what we're going to do, BJ, is we are going to do, there have been, according to my list here, 19 trades that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go through each of them and spend a minute on each. Okay, let's do it. A, and give a grade. Some may deserve more. You know, some may deserve no, 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 more. No, no, because we, we, we'll we've, go we've got the whole of next week, we've got maybe even this weekend to go into more detail. Because some of them, I want to see the first game. I want to see the first few games. Right. Before we go into it deeply. I want to give, I want you to give them grades, like a report card. An A star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know. Do I, I, I know. I'll let you give them a grade. I'll just tell you the ones that I really respect. For okay. two reasons. One, well, one is business and the other is basketball. Let's go through them. Number one is obviously the Kyrie Irving trade. And we talked about that on a previous episode. You guys can go and listen to that. Right. And for the Mavericks, you know, we weren't too keen on it when we first recorded. But the more I've thought about it and the business side of things, the more I kind of like it. I'm Which one? Give... Which deal is this? For, for Dallas, Kyrie yes. Irving. Yes. I like that. I like that more than I did initially when I first heard it. For Brooklyn, mm-hmm. it was an interesting move. Solid. I would say it's like a B all round. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know, you know, well, listen, I, I, I will say this. And, and being a former executive, you try to be principled because you never know if these deals are going to work. Truthfully speaking to our listeners here, because we, we want to we got to keep it real with the people who rock with us. You don't know if these deals are going to work or not. And, and, and the only way we will know is a year or two, three years from now. Yeah. To find out what they really, if they really work. However, it's a lot of fun for us to sit here and tell you what we think and what we know. Oh, yeah. All, you know, and that and that's fun to do. So but we'll play that game. However, we don't know. There and most of the moves as an executive mode, because someday you're going to be an executive, the most of yes. the moves that you try to put your organization or your team in, these are short-term moves that will help you in the short term. What we have to realize with these deals is that you never want to put your organization in a position where they have to do a deal mid-season that's going to have a long-term effect. 
That's the mm-hmm. worst place to be in. <laughs> okay, yeah. if you're going to do, and, and, and I'm going to give you an example. I'm just going to give you a quick example, then I'm going to turn it over to you. Masai, to me, yeah. stayed principal to the deal of saying he could have made any deal that he wanted to make. He could have made a lot. He could have made, but I thought Masai did a phenomenal job of staying principal of saying, we now know a value of our players. And if we're going to go all in on a retool, let's do it in the summer. If we're going to, if we're going to stay and try to make the playoffs as we started, let's do that right now. So I thought that was an example of why he didn't do a deal. And I think if you're going to do a deal, do a short-term deal here in the offseason. I mean, in the in in the you know the the, the, the trade deadline. Trade deadline, yeah, yeah, the midseason trade. Yeah. Deadline. Okay, so the second trade on the list is Kessler Edwards going to the Kings and some cash in exchange for Dave Michino. I like that for the Kings. They get a young wing who can put pull himself into that defensive wing role that they're really looking for. I like that. I give that. I I do. I, I think I think there were a lot of good trades, Mo. So I I. I respect why they made that trade. I think for the Kings, they're going to get some good players. And I and I think it was a good trade for everyone involved. Number three, Dwayne Dedman went to the San Antonio Spurs as well as a 2028 second round pick in exchange for cash. So for the Heat, that was clearly a tax saving move to try and shed yes. a little bit of salary. Yep. Yeah, but you can have a C. You, you've got bigger priorities if you're the Miami Heat than trying to save money. Number four, is the deal we talked about before it happened. Russell Westbrook, D'Angelo Russell, and Mike Conley in a three-team deal. You guys can go back and check that one out. The Lakers, for me, are the winners of the trade deadline. I'm going to give this an A for the Lakers because they got Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. For the Utah Jazz, they now have $60 million in cap space this summer, and they have 15 first-round picks before 2029. I'm going to give it a B for the Utah Jazz. And for the... Minnesota Timberwolves, it's like, okay, we're trying to get this Gobert thing to work, so we're going to bring the point guard that he played with in Utah over to our team. First of all, if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, you should never pick up the phone from the Utah Jazz after the way they finessed you this summer. I don't know why they're still doing business. And I, I okay, you moved off D'Angelo Russell. You didn't walk for nothing. Cool. Well done. Big whoop. I'll give that like a C minus. Um what do you think? Because we talked about the Lakers a lot, and we talked about yeah. Well, I, I'll, go go Jazz, I'll go back to the Lakers. I go back to the Lakers. Okay. Here, here, I want to go back because we got more moves quick. to talk about for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 Lakers. I thought I had two choices. If they do something now, this is who they're going to be. If they wait, they may have an unknown option and may have an opportunity to get you know, which they considered a star player, right? You know, when I say a star player, a player like a Kyrie Irving, whoever becomes available, you know, Kevin Durant suddenly became available. Now, I'll say this about the Lakers. The Lakers are currently sitting 13th. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what this does. Do I like the players they added? Yes, I do. I, I, I think those are really good players. However, those players are going to need to contribute now very quickly with about what 25 30 games to go okay yeah. and mo i think that's that's very difficult that's a hard ask so now you're going to put more responsibility on lebron james at his age well 
I just won't. I don't know how this works. They've, for they, they've gained more depth because you know D'Angelo's a player who can create him for himself. I, I get it. However, Beasley's a player that's gained... great at catch and shooting, and, and Vanderbilt's an elite defender. So they've gained depth at all three levels. They've gained depth, but what expense? Their best player is still thirty-eight years old. So well, yeah, okay, no they've gained depth. So so Malik Beasley, Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell. What it, the compl- we can, the, the the offense has to be very simple. Why? Because these guys are just coming into the fold. It's not like they're going to have a a full repertoire of plays and schemes to go to. So that means these guys are going to have to come out here and play at a pace and play defense and do all those things. I'm not sure <laughs> as is what this is going to look like. Okay. Okay. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure, but maybe, maybe it works. I'm not sure because I'm going to ask Anthony Davis and LeBron James to play a minimum of 35 minutes plus, and every game is going to count moving forward. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of responsibility for, especially LeBron, at this age. And okay. and we'll see how we'll see how it works. So number five on the list is Josh Hart. Who was actually warming up for the Portland Trailblazers when he got found out he was traded? Who's going to the New York Knicks in exchange for Cam Reddish, Sviwa Kaluk, Ryan Arcianado, and a 2023 first round pick that's lottery protected? And if it doesn't convey, so if the Knicks end up in the lottery this year, it turns into four second rounders. So I really like that for the Knicks. They get a guy that Tom Thibodeau will love, plays a lot of defense, probably the best rebounder at his size in the league. And on offense, he can shoot the three ball really well. Even though he didn't in Portland, he could rediscover that and it would be fantastic. And for Portland, getting younger, Cam Reddish is a player we've talked about a lot on this show that I believe still has a lot of potential. So I like that for both teams. And obviously, the Portland Trailblazers have made a few other moves that we're going to talk about to get younger. And I'm just wondering, maybe that's leading to Damian Lillard this summer eventually being moved on as their roster is getting younger and younger. Because Josh Hart is a player you put on a team that wants to contend not a team that wants to rebuild. That is when you would get rid of them. Well, I, I mean, listen, that, that's why you make trades. Everyone values different things. You know, I, I if you're going to come through the East, you have to match up in particular with two two players. Okay, they're, they're going to be, we know they're going to be three players that are going to be there standing at the finish line. Giannis is going to be there. James Harden and Joel Embiid is going to be somewhere around there. And we know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is going to be there. Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where J- Josh Hart matches up with those guys. But when we get to the playoffs, you're going to have to be able to contain. You're not going to stop any of those guys. And if you're talking about competing, you got to compete against the best guys. If you're going to, if you're, Talking about doing that. Okay. Now, Josh Hart, Cam Reddish, uh, was it Quentin Grimes? Oh, Quentin Grimes is still guys. on the Knicks. Hmm? He's not on the Knicks anymore? He's still on the Knicks, but Cam Reddish yeah, that's is what on I'm the saying. Yeah, yeah, Cam yeah, Reddish yeah. is on the Blazers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Quentin Grimes and those guys. I still think that's an advantage for those three teams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Okay, okay. But okay. I like so, Josh now, Hart's fit with the team more than Cam Reddish's fit because he wasn't even in the rotation. The, the, 
here's the thing. Now, just two weeks ago, you know, I, again, I've just written what I read. They cut the rotation down to what, seven or eight? Yeah, in a regular season. It's crazy. Okay. Just a week ago, RJ Barrett suddenly didn't play in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So to me, one of two things is going on. Either he cut the rotation, which is fine, or, you know, there's a certain type of player that he likes. Now, mm-hmm. this is why you make trades. If you look, if I look at the trade, I'm looking at, it, I'm going, wow, this guy, Cam Reddish. I mean, this guy has size, athletic ability, what have you. And this kid, Tybo, I think the addition of these guys gives them players to get big. Because, Mo, we've also talked about this, is Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard. Lillard. I think they're a really small backcourt. Yeah. Now, what I like about Tybo in particular, and yeah, we're Cam gonna, Reddish, we're gonna talk about that trade in a minute. We're gonna talk about yeah, that trade. Yeah, Tybo to me, talk to me about Cam Reddish though for now. Yeah, for yeah, I think Cam Reddish addition has tremendous upside for yeah. this team. It gives them athleticism, it gives them the ability to defend bigger guards, and I think this has a chance to be a really, really great trade for them. Do you think that especially he's better than in Josh Hart defensively? He's bigger. It's okay. not about being. It's, it's, well, it's Josh Hart plays big for his me, size. About, I mean, he leads his position in rebounds. I, 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 how could you not like Josh Hart? He's a physical. He plays. He does those things. However, this kid Cam Reddish is bigger. Size always wins out. If you play hard at five ten and I play hard at six five, six five is going to win out. Yeah. So the size and lift and, and athleticism of Cam will allow them to play bigger. Okay. And if you can play bigger, that gives you now. Josh Hart is a very, very good player. But Cam Reddish, at his size and athleticism, he can give you the flexibility that you just, you know, I mean, it, it, you, you either have it or you don't. You know, it's a size is the one, size and length is the one thing that doesn't deteriorate with age. I'm intrigued with Cam Reddish, always have been, ever since he was in high school. I think this kid has a chance. Now, has he done it? He hasn't done it in Atlanta. You can say he hasn't done it in New York. I think if he's going to make it, I think Chauncey Billups, okay, will wrap his arm around this kid, Cam Reddish. And if he becomes the player that we all, we saw his talent. Now, you know, talent, talent alone won't make it. I think this kid has a real chance. So I'm excited for the Portland Trailblazers with this, with this trade. Well, BJ, you started a show talking about the Raptors, and they did actually make one trade. Um, Jakob Pertl, going back to the Toronto Raptors, who he was obviously involved in the Kawhi Leonard deal. He's going back to Toronto, and San Antonio are getting Ken Birch, a 2024 first-round pick, and two second-round picks. That's a steep price mm. to pay for a player whose contract's going to be up, and you're going to have to pay him. But Masai obviously likes what he does. And um, Pertl, I think, is an elite shot-blocking presence. And on offense, he can contribute. I like Pertl. I think the Raptors know him well and he he knows the organization fairly well. The Spurs obviously adding another first-round pick and two second-round picks. That's not a bad thing. I think it's a win-win for both teams. Well, I think it's clear what the Spurs are doing. So, you know, it, it, make, it makes perfect sense. You know, you make deals for your financial, you know, you 
know, you know, where you're going as far as a group and a team. So that makes perfect sense for them where they're at. And I think they they understand that. And for the the Raptors, it'll be interesting to see because as much as we talk about this league as being a, a you know, pace and space and guards, you know, it's interesting to see the addition of these bigs. You know, if you're gonna play and you're gonna be good, you're gonna need a big guy, right? Not a tall guy, a big guy. And I think Pirtle is a very serviceable player, right? I, I wouldn't yep. put him in elite when you start seeing Jokic I, and I put him as an elite and, in his role. When it comes to role yeah, players, he's an elite role player. He's not yeah, an elite player, he, he's an elite role player. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I he will always, I think, struggle versus, you know, the, the DeAndre yeah. Aytons and these guys. I mean, because of the athleticism. However, I think he's very serviceable. I think he's a terrific player for what he brings to a team. And um, so I, I think it's interesting. You know, it, it's interesting to watch because when I think of the Raptors, I always think of these six, eight, six, nine, ten 10 guys, and they just kind of play, you know, a, a brand of basketball where they were really positionless basketball. But now I think with that experiment, they've come to come to the conclusion that they're going to need someone who can play in the paint. You got to be yeah. able to defend yeah. – and play from the paint. So I think that was a good trade for them. Well, the seventh trade on the list, I, don't, I really don't want to go into detail in this one now because I want to make the next episode all about this. And that's Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns because I think there's so much we can say that we need a whole episode to it. And that's going to be the next episode. So I'm only going to give you this, BJ. If you had to make a list of your favorites to win the Western Conference right now, where are Phoenix on that list? Are they the favorite? You know, I'm not top five. No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're. I don't think they're the favorite. And the reason being is because, look, you know, I, I, I think I told you this last year, and and you know, when we started doing the podcast, DeAndre Ayton is going to have to be very consistent as being one of the top two or three players on their team. Okay. Now. Yep. Chris Paul, as he's maturing in this league, he's still playing at a high level. However, I'm not sure how much further he can continue to do this as he as he t- continues to age. That's the first. Okay, he's already gotten hurt and what have you. When I say hurt, he's you know injuries so forth. Still plays the game at a high level. However, what's my expectation? That's the first concern. So, second is Booker. Booker's just coming back. He's missed a substantial amount of game with one of those injuries, Mo. I think it's a groin or something or hamstring. I'm concerned about that. Why? Because, you know, those those things linger and they need time. And KD's coming off an injury too. Okay. And third, Kevin Durant is coming off of an injury and we know he's had lower extremity injuries in the past. He's coming to a new team. He's going to want to play well and da-da-da-da-da-da. However, Mo, these things take time. Now, I think next year, if they come with training camp, I think they could be favored. They could build a team. This is kind of a hodgepodge type of deal where they're just putting guys together. It's kind of like 2K, you know. I don't play 2K, but you guys tell me you put these guys on and then you start playing and they get ratings and all that. So I think right now, it looks good on paper. Their first four or five. However, the depth of this team, I'm concerned about. Who's backing up who? 
Who's going to defend? Who's going to rebound? Who's going to do the dirty work? These are all the things. You're not just going to roll the ball out there, especially KD and Devin Booker, because they're they're going to need time to field each other out, get their bodies back in condition, so forth and so on. We only have, what, 25, 30 games max to go, yeah. Mo? So I think it's a short. However, I am ecstatic beyond that the ownership, the new ownership, who just took control over, you know, what, less than a week ago, pushed well, all of his chips to the middle of the table. I think that's phenomenal. BJ, so I'm um, rooting for them. In my column that I started writing, that I mentioned yesterday on the show, which you guys can read at hoopgenius.substack.com, I actually wrote about this. The new Suns owner had his introductory press conference yesterday, and within 10 hours, he's gone out and got Kevin Durant. He's taken their luxury tax bill up by near $40 million. He's almost doubled it. And he's saying, I'm going to pay the cost to win an NBA championship or try and win an NBA championship. Because when you come so close like the Phoenix Suns did, you may as well trade away all your picks because you're trying to win it here and you're trying to win it now. But we're going to talk about them more. And if you want to hear more, you can check out the newsletter that I've started writing again. So you guys check that one out. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode. So make sure you're subscribed. But the next trade, number eight on the list, Thomas Bryant got traded from the LA Lakers to the Denver Nuggets. And the Lakers got Devon Reed and three second round picks. And this was after Thomas Bryant request, requested a trade because since AD returned from injury, he's seen less minutes and less time on the court. And he wanted to go somewhere where he feels like he would get more minutes. And now he's gone to back up the best center in the league. He's probably going to get even less minutes. At least with the Lakers, you know, Andy Davis is going to miss a series of nine games. The Okich is so durable. It's going to be interesting to see I don't know how that trade request worked out for Thomas Bryant's quest to get more playing time. So I like it for the Nuggets, though, to be able to have a defensive center who can protect the rim, which is obviously an area that Jokic lacks. So in particular matchups, when Jokic is taking a rest, they've got a guy that can come in now. Lakers get some three second-round picks that they could potentially use in future deals. So what do you think about that one? Um, Yeah, the, the, those type of trades, I don't, you know, it... it you know, this is what it seems like to me. The Lakers have a lot of a lot of problems, as you know, right? Mm-hmm. They they have a lot of problems. And I'm not here to bash on the Lakers. I am. But <laughs> you know, here here's the thing to me, which I respect about the Lakers. Okay. You know, I you know, he, he requested a trade, Thomas Bryant, which is fine. You hear that all the time. But at this stage of the Lakers, like you gotta eliminate the outside noise now. Either you're yeah. in or you're out. And that was the most disappointing thing because Thomas Bryant was playing terrific. Yep. Fantastic. He was he was and playing to ter- I mean him him at the five allowed. He's coming AD off a big t- big time injury. ACL last season. Yeah. And he's coming year. off an there the Lakers are playing catch up all year with AD. And you know, he's gonna play. And Thomas Bryant's coming off a, of a, a significant injury and he's played well. However, like you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 it's one of those things. I wish he would have stuck it out with the Lakers because I thought that was a good fit for him. Yeah, I really did. And I would have loved to have seen him have a good summer where he's not rehabbing so that we can see and say, Oh, wow. He's ready to play big minutes. Alongside AD. Alongside of AD or somewhere else. However, right now, 
just coming back, you never, you never know, Mo. You never know how, you know, when you come back that first year, you just never know. So, you know, I wish him luck because he really did a nice job here. I thought he had some really big games here and, and play, you know, he played well while he was here. I liked him. I thought it was a good fit for him, but that's just an outsider looking, you know, looking at the games. Number nine on the list, the Boston Celtics got Mike Muscala in exchange for Justin Jackson and two second round picks that will be going to the OKC Thunder. I like that for the Celtics, Muscala, an elite three-point shooter. You saw what he did against the Lakers on the night LeBron broke the record. This started off for the first five minutes of the Mike Muscala game as he couldn't miss from downtown. He's a big man who can spread the floor and shoot so Al Horford can get some rest and they don't lose that three-point presence. Although I am disappointed Boston didn't get someone that could protect the rim a little bit better. And the Thunder, well, they get two second-round picks. You know what they're doing. So... Well, I, like I think it. out of all the basketball trades, all of all the basketball trades that were made today, I thought this was the best under the radar trade of them all. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, I loved it when teams complement their best players and you help your best players. You know, you not only have one up there in Boston, you have two exceptional players, Jason Tatum, who is an MVP conversation, and this kid, Jalen Brown. And what is it? one thing you're always trying to give great players? You're trying to give them space to operate and be themselves on the floor. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Celtics organization really did a phenomenal job of finding a player that complements them and what they're doing. Now, why do I say that? It's because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are they're elite at what they do. Mm-hmm. He just made them better. Yeah. <laughs> he say what you want to about say what you want to uh, about the Celtics. When that young man comes in the game, the 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 shouting port will be stay home on him. Yep. Now, now it's going to force you to make a decision on how you're going to defend a screen role with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You can't just double them now. So I applaud this deal. It's going to go under the radar. No one's not going to talk about it. However, as a defensive-minded person first, I'm really concerned because the Celtics really improved their team with that trade. Mm -hmm. They complimented their best players. And to me, that's what basketball is all about. Like, help your best players be even better. Well, this trade did that. Well, speaking of helping your best players be even better, at number 10, We've got the Milwaukee Bucks finally acquiring Jay Crowder. The oh. defensive move that they want to use. We've talked about this a lot. The Nets got two second-round picks and the Pacers got George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nwora, and three first-round picks. We've talked about this so many times on the show. We don't really need to go back into it. But this is like when they acquired P.J. Tucker in the year that they won their championship. I love, love this, this move for the Milwaukee Bucks. Love, uh, th- these, again, this is... These are the trades I get most excited about, right? I, I, I'm i so excited for the Celtics because you know the Celtics are watching the Bucs and you know the Bucs are watching the Celtics. Yep. Jay Crowder, now he hasn't played all year. Now this is going to be a big if because they got to make up a lot of time in a short amount of time, right? They got to make up a lot of, you know, they got they to, they got a lot of basketball to play and a lot of things to do to get him in shape. However, this compliments Giannis I think he's a better version of PJ Tucker at this stage of his career so I like this you don't stop Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum you don't stop them 
However, you match up with them. Mm -hmm. I think if Chris Middleton, I think if Middleton and Crowder are healthy, I think it's a good matchup. I I love the (laughs) lineup. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder, Giannis, and I like that a lot. But here's what intrigues me. I'm interested to see what the Bucks do on the buyout market because they've given up George Hill, backup ball handler. Serge Ibaka wasn't getting in some way. They're giving up Nawara. So I'm interested because I don't think... Based on what they've done, Mo, that's a great observation by you. I'm willing to bet they're probably going to do something else. I don't okay? think they're done. I think they yeah, can I don't think they're done. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Number 11, a three-way trade. Matisse Tybal went to the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, Jalen McDaniels went to the Sixers. And Svee Mikhailuk and a second-round pick went to the Charlotte Hornets. So you love that. It goes back to what you were saying about Lo- Cam Reddish. I, I, I love it. I love it. I, 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 I love it. Because, again... Now, in theory, this frees up Damian Lillard because Tybo can take on that responsibility, a la what you see, what you see when Steph Curry. Now he has Gary Payton back. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Wiggins, and you have the. So I think Tybo has the same defensive capability. Love it. Think it's a terrific trade. Allows them to get bigger, athletic. So I think those were good moves by the Portland Trail Blazers. I applaud both of those moves that they made. Well, you mentioned Gary Payton. The number number 12 on this list is a four-way trade. The Warriors got Gary Payton back, who, of course, left as a free agent in the summer. In exchange for James Wiseman, who went to Detroit, the Hawks got Sadiq Bey, and the Portland Trail Blazers got five second-round picks. Now, there's multiple angles for this. For the Hawks, I think this is great to add to their roster. Sadiq Bey, a very good player. Never hurts to have good players. The Warriors getting Gary Payton back, he obviously knows the system. He knows how to play with Steph and was key in slowing down Jason Tatum in the finals. He was a key part of that championship team. The part that intrigues me is James Wiseman on the Pistons because the Pistons have got Jalen Duran, who's shown flashes of greatness already in his career at the five spot. They've paid Marvin Bagley over the summer, who you know they're working on as a long-term project at the five spot as well. They've got Beef Stew, who plays the five spot. And now they've got the James Wiseman project. So that's a lot of young bigs, a lot of bigs that are working on their game and all vying for one roster spot. And if the Pistons got the number one pick, you'd also add Victor Wembanyama into that mix as well. So I don't know what they're going to do and who they're going to keep, or maybe they're going to oh. see what they get and over the summer, but it's not oh. a bad problem to have. But my first thought when this trade happened was BJ's dream of an all seven foot lineup could happen in his Detroit Pistons before anyone else. <laughs> you know, Mo. <laughs> you know, Mo. I, I'm trying to, you, you, you know, because we mean, all know Mo, how you, how you feel about Wiseman and the potential that they. Hey, has. hey. The, you know, we only have a minute, so I'm just going to try to say this in one minute. You, yes, you're correct about Jalen Duran, but Mo, when you're looking at these, when you're looking at the game. You know, at one point, Al Horford was a former all-star as a That's five. Right. Okay. In today's game, Mo, you need players who can defend multiple positions and can play at the pace of the game. So when you say, you know, when people say Jalen Duran's a five, no, in today's game, who plays the five? Everyone's just, everyone's switching everything. And Mo. You need bigs who can play vertical basketball and maintain the pace of the game. Well, let me tell you something. 
Jalen Durr at 19 right now can play vertical basketball as well as anyone in the league. Mm-hmm. He's established that in day one. Second thing he's established. Now, they say he's 19. Mo, I don't know too many 19s that look like that. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay, that's a grown man out there. Yeah. So you have um, a grown man at 19 who's learning how to play, who is capable of just being a big. He can switch. He can play vertical. He can whatever. Okay. Now you're adding another athlete to that. And here's why I'm really excited about what about this, because they have two bigs in Cleveland, in and 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 Mobley. Yeah, we talk about this a lot in, in Milwaukee, in Boston, Boston. Okay, yeah. so now they have Detroit have joined the party. Detroit now has like two athletic bigs. <laughs> two on the bench. <laughs> yeah, Beastu is a starter. Okay, he's a starter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't who starts the game. Beef stew brings a level of physicality that you got to have. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, beef stew to me is, it, it, I value him playing against all of those guys who are undersized players who are really good players in this league. Like Grant Williams, for instance, for the yeah. Celtics. Like Bam Adebayo for Miami. Draymond Green. You got to be able to play against those type of players. Well, let me tell you something. Beast 2 can do that. So I think that is phenomenal what they've done. And I don't want to be too excited about it. But Mo, I'm really like saying, oh, wow. Along with the kid Bogdanovich, who was very coveted at this trade deadline. They held on to him. They have the kid coming back, Kay Cunningham. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget about Jaden Ivey. Yep. Let's not forget about Killian Hayes, who we were just we just saw him play there in Paris. Okay. Mm-hmm. Livers, Moe, Bagley. You, you can't have enough guys. Okay. We're much. always talking about depth and whatever. Now, now the next step is how's it going to work? Which I would much rather have that than to say we need to add talent. So I like it. I think these are phenomenal problems and I'm excited to see this kid Wiseman because you know what? I don't know how long he's been in the league now. I was excited for him. There are, I wasn't alone in thinking he was the best player in that draft. So I'm excited for him to get an opportunity to play through his mistakes, to see who this kid could be and somehow go out there and play. I mean, just think about it. We talk about rim protection. Mo, well, that's not a problem in Detroit. <laughs> what I love is you said this answer is only going to take a minute, and it was a six-minute monologue. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, because, because, we, we because, can see yeah, how excited yeah, you are but, for the Pistons. Yeah, I, I, am I, I love tired, it. I love it. I love it. But number 13 on this list, for me, is the biggest steal of the trade deadline. Oh. The Clippers acquired Bones Highland and sent the Nuggets just two second-round picks in return. I love that deal. For the Clippers. You, you, you know, here's the thing. You know, I, I like Bones Highland. I, I I like him. However, where's he going to play here? Six man. Maybe he'll start. I, 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 I don't, I don't see. I don't see it. Like, I, I don't see. I don't see it. 
Well, you don't see it until no, Kawhi and Paul George rest basically the whole of the next regular yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. And I, you can I, go I, out I, against I, 25. I, but <laughs> I, but if, it, if they're going to win, they're going to need both of those guys. Yep. And what I'm hearing, Mo, is I'm hearing Russell Westbrook is probably going to come there. Yep. Or Chicago going so to mix I, as I, well for Russell Westbrook. I, 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 seriously doubt, I seriously doubt Yeah, I seriously doubt that. I think at now – Moving your family at this time of the year, I think if he could stay there in LA, I think he does. Yeah, that. If they I think there's two places he probably would, would go. I think it's probably he if if I in knowing you know knowing him a little bit, I think he would probably stay with the Clippers. You know, he has a comfort with Paul George, and I think Ty Lue can handle that. I think it would be a huge game. When the Clippers play the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Okay, okay. Mo and company would definitely tune in just to see the revenge factor for that game. Yeah. Okay, okay. You remember his yeah. game against Kevin Durant after that. Okay, so mm-hmm. I, that would be good for TV. And I think if it's not the Clippers, I think he goes to Miami. Because, yeah. you know, I think that would, I think those would be the two places. And and if I were, like I said, a gambling man, I would say he probably stays with the Clippers. I think he plays. I think that's why they got rid. They traded, if I remember correctly, they traded uh, uh, Jackson, Jackson. And they we'll talk about that. And yeah, and they traded uh, uh, is John Wall. So I think that makes. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So I think yeah. that makes sense. Okay, number fourteen on this list: the Atlanta Hawks got Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernandez, and the Rockets got Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky, and two second round picks. I like Garrison okay. Matthews. He can shoot a little bit. He can defend a little bit. Bruno Fernandez is a work in progress big. He kind of floats around the league. Nothing major to really say about that trade to me. You know, the Rockets got some more picks and don't think they're going to keep Kaminsky. And yeah, the, the, the Rockets base. have been interesting what they're doing. You know, like... I just want know, them to play more Shengu. Like, the way he's playing, they need to play him more. But that's another topic yeah. for another day. Number 15 on the list. Mo Bamba was traded to the Lakers. In exchange for Patrick Beverly. Okay. I don't know how Pat Bev's okay, going to yeah. record his podcast anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 studios yeah, in yeah, LA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's a buyout. Welcome to Zoom, sure. Pat. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a buyout. And then I like you know, that we'll for see. the Lakers. I mean, I don't think he's as good as Thomas Bryant, but you've tried to replace some of the similar qualities in terms of the rib protection. Yeah, I, I, I with the Lakers. The Lakers need help, and Mo Bamba is not ready yet. I'm not ready. Look, the kid has a tremendous amount of potential. However, yeah, I don't been think. Underwhelming. You, yeah, I don't think right now you can throw him in a game when they're playing with this level of desperation. The Lakers now every game matters to this team right now. Think about it, Mo. They make all these trades and they don't even get in the playoffs. That's going to be a huge disappointment. I so, love it. I, I think, think Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, I, I, okay. I, Mo, they're in currently in 13th place. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we're just. I'm buying stock. Okay. Huh. All right. I think the Western Conference is much improved, but maybe it's just me. I just don't see it. Like, they, they lost. I was at the game. They lost to the OKC Thunder. <laughs> I was just there Tuesday night. Yep. I was just there. They play the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. LeBron as we're, as we're sure. that's, Mo, this is what I'm saying. Mo, this is what I'm saying. So at what point here, when is the when is the light going to come on and say, 
we need these games. Yep. Oh, like these they're games matter. Late. They're so, leaving. They're going to have to go. They have to play at a 500 level for the rest of the way, at least. But so say, like, Mo, like, okay, LeBron, I get it. Like, what am I expecting? Yes, go ahead. LeBron, check out my Instagram because today I debuted the new collection, the collaboration between LeBron James and Liverpool Football Club over here in England. Okay, Do you nice, a sneak peek? Nice. Do you want to have a sneak peek, BJ? I'll show sure, you this. I want to show. Look at the box. Look how fancy the box is. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> and um, these are pretty sweet. These are pretty sweet. Have a look. What are those? The LeBron, are those LeBron's? LeBron 20s. Those? Yeah, these are LeBron 20s. Oh, okay. Pretty fire. If you guys want to look, check out my Instagram because I just posted them on there. And the nice collaboration with Liverpool Football Club. So, okay, yeah. a little self promotion. Never had anyone. Number 16 on the list. The LA Clippers finally got their backup big man. They got Mason Plumley, who was playing fantastic basketball in Charlotte. And the Hornets got Reggie Jackson. Um, the Clippers have obviously been missing a backup big since Isaiah Hartenstein went to the New York Knicks, who I think was a great pickup for New York. And Plumley, he's with his weird left handed jump shot that he's developed and worked hard on. Uh, he's actually been putting up really good numbers in Charlotte, and I think he's a very solid option to back up Ivisa Zubax. I'm very happy with that if I'm the Clippers. Interesting. I, 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 you know, these are like interesting moves. Like, okay, all right. You know, they, they, the Clippers have all the depth you can ever imagine. Well, and they'll probably answer, add another player. Before you answer, at number 17 on the list, Eric Gordon is now a Clipper. As they received Eric Gordon and three second-round picks, the Rockets got Danny Green, John Wall, which is hilarious that he's gone back to the Rockets after talking all that smack on the podcast, and a first-round pick swap. With Danny the Green from the Memphis Grizzlies? Danny and, Green yeah, from the Memphis and, Grizzlies? And, and the Grizzlies got Luke Kennard. It was a three-team deal. So you got Eric Gordon, but I don't know. I kind of like Luke Kennard in that spot better because he's just going to catch and shoot at like 42% over the last two years. Whereas Eric Gordon, he obviously can self-create better. But you don't need that if you've got Kawhi and Paul George out on the floor. So I like it, but I don't like it. Again, I, the Clippers the Clippers can play 1 through 15. So, again, I don't know where all these guys play. But what I do know is, is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to have to play. They're going to have to play very well. Clearly, they are going to shore up. I, I, I think they probably play Bones probably at the backup. Mm-hmm. I think they probably get rust if you know if what I'm hearing is correct. They have man there. They have all. I mean, they have they have incredible amount of depth. And I just think we'll see. We'll see how all this turns out. I don't. I don't know how this. You know uh, how this is going to end for them. But certainly on paper, it looks good. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the Clippers look good. They just haven't played enough games yet to uh, actually. You know, live up to the uh, to the height. Well, at number nine, number eighteen on this list. You know, OG and Obi ended up not getting traded, and we know the Pelicans were up to him. But they've got a, a lesser version of OG and Obi. They acquired Josh Richardson and sent Devonte Graham and four second round picks to the San Antonio Spurs. We know what the Spurs are doing; they're collecting more picks than you can count. Josh Richardson. We talked about what OG would do for the Pelicans, so imagine that, but just not quite as good as OG. That's my take on it. You couldn't get OG, so you got yeah, I, OG, listen respectfully. I, you know, look, Herb Jones and those guys, I, I, I think those guys are great. However, the injury bug, once again, we're talking about with the with the 
Pelicans. Yep. Zion, okay, he moves the needle. And Brandon Ingram. Now, I don't know what's going on down there. So I think all moves that they do will have to be reviewed at a later time or reserved for a later time because without those two players playing consistently night in and night out, which hopefully they will do probably after All-Star Weekend, then I don't think we can properly evaluate this team. But I like what they're trying to do. Um, but they're going to need, they're going to go as far as those two guys can take them if they're healthy. Okay, well, the final trade on our list is number 19, Darius Baisley to the Suns in exchange for Dario Saric and a second round pick going over to the Thunder. But that is a trade we're going to talk about in the next episode where we focus in on Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns and really get deep into that one. As I said earlier in the show, you can check out the newsletter where I put my instant reaction from a Brooklyn perspective and then we're about to drop the Phoenix perspective, but we'll go deeper into that in the next episode of the podcast. So make sure you guys subscribe to the show. What we still haven't talked about that we're going to get onto next week is the teams like the Chicago Bulls who needed to make a move but didn't make a move. We're going to see over the next few days which players are bought out and where they land because that may shift the needle of things a little bit. So you have to make sure that right now you subscribe to the Hoop Genius podcast. If you've got any friends who are into basketball, tell them about it. Any friends that are new into basketball, tell them about it. Any friends that aren't into basketball, tell them about it and they'll listen and they'll become basketball fans. So make sure you subscribe, share with a friend, five-star reviews, ratings, all of that. And I'll tell you one thing, BJ. There's one trade that I would never let happen. I would never trade our listeners for anyone in the world. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to be back with more very soon. This is the Hoop Genius podcast. That was the trade deadline i think i've slept about two hours what's hilarious is right bj i've slept about two hours this week but the two hours i was asleep was when kevin durant got traded so the moral of the story (laughs) is i should just never sleep but the trade deadline's done so maybe i can catch a little bit now but appreciate you guys until next time get buckets